emotional, and then we'll jump right into prayer. Amen. 15 to 20. It started with 10. <laughs> no, I, I, I got I got it. I got it. I got about 15 to 20. I actually had about 30, but I'm going to try to talk faster than what I normally talk to get it all in. But um, good evening. Good evening. Good evening. I'm going to say good evening. I ain't going to say good night, you know. Uh, uh, our brother over here said good night. I was like, where's a pillow? I'm ready to go to bed because I got to get up in a few hours anyway. It must be a, I don't know, an island thing or something like that because I know a couple of my islander friends, they say good night all the time. But um, um, the bishop, or what's his name, Bishop, bishop Pretlow that was here a little while back, he, uh, a few weeks ago, he talked about how he had a Donald Trump anointing, you know, you're fired, you're fired. Guess what kind of anointing we got this whole week, y'all? Guess, guess, let me give me a name. Guess. I'll say it. We got a Ronald Reagan anointing. <laughs> We're tearing down walls. We're tearing down walls this week, okay? <laughs> um, yeah, like, like, uh, like Pastor said, though, um, just just be like Peter. Stay focused. Stay, stay focused on Jesus, and you will not fall under, under the water. You will stay above the water. I just had to take something to Diva because everybody was taking my stuff. Diva took some. Ray, uh, Ramon, uh, Ray took some. I'm like, man, all I got is leftovers here, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I got to do. Um, but uh, excuse me if I do a couple of... <clears throat> Wouldn't you know it, Satan tried to disrupt my throat this whole week, this all week long. I've been spitting in trash cans. But so tonight I am um, speaking of uh, harvest, but before I get started, let me open in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this night. Father God, I thank you that we are able to gather here. I do not take that for granted. I thank you that you, let your, you, let, that you enable your church to persevere, persevere using faith to persevere. I thank you that you give us a, 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 a clear diagram, a clear way of what unification does, Father God, the Holy Trinity itself. And the Holy Trinity itself, I thank you that, um, that, that, that you, you remind us to stay focused on you so we do not lose sight. And I thank you for the future harvest to come in this place, Father God, in the name of Jesus. I pray. Amen. So um, there's all kind of scriptures about harvest. Um, you know, Jesus is the Lord of harvest. Um, the harvest is plenty. The labors are few. But I'm not going to get into like uh, any of the harvest um, the, the harvest scriptures like that. Um, I won't quote any of those, even though I just did. Though, but that was purposely. Um, but uh, let me ask y'all something. How many how many of y'all had a test from God before? Okay. All right. How many of y'all failed some of those tests of God? Okay. How many of y'all felt like y'all was retaking the same test? Okay. Okay. All right. So guess what? Guess what that tells me? Failure is not an option for the new covenant Christian. You see, we don't fail the test. We just retake it. If, you, if you're a little dumb like me or a little slow like me, you fail it. That's it, you know, in school. But God allows the Christian to retake that test until he passes it or she passes it and then move to the next level. Why do I say that? I say that because of this. This is not the first time we heard Harvest in 
in this church and foundation. I think I wasn't here, but I think when Bishop Gay was here, he spoke about Honey Tom. I think that had to do with, you know, you know, growing up the church and, and getting people in here. We had the um, 120 campaign. And we're still a small group of people. We have, and we get this word a couple weeks back. And God radically changes, changes the sermon about what? Increase. Increase. Okay? Don't get sad because you don't see nothing. It's just that God is not allowing foundation to fail. Failure is not an option. Okay? Got that? I'm splitting this up into two halves, and um, I'll open up each half with verses. If you will, turn to Matthew chapter 5. I'm going to start with 13. Matthew 5, verse 13. And it reads this. You are the salt of the earth. But if you if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? Christians season the earth. Christians give the earth flavor. Christians make the earth taste good. Okay? It is then good for nothing to be thrown out and trampled upon underfoot by men. So if you do not have your flavor, there's no good. Let me continue. You are the light of the world, a city that sets on a hill. You are the light of the world. The Christian is born to shine. You are born to shine. To the children, to the teens in the area, the light, they're talking about Christ in you. Christ in you, okay? You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, okay? We are not supposed to hide that light in us, that Christ in us, okay? But on a lampstand, and gives, it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men. Let the Christ in you shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. What is, the, what is the end game of shining your light, shining a G, letting Jesus shine in you so that they may glorify your Father in heaven? Okay? Got it? I'm astonished that there is an overwhelmingly big percentage of Christians who believe that their faith is private, personal, silent, the silent Christianity. I think Pastor once used it before as uh, Secret Service Christians, no such thing. This scripture rips that up, okay? Brother Ray talked about, he noticed it too, Brother Ray, Ray talked about he was fearful how he cowered out and, and ministering to his friend. He recognized that he should at least been talking to him, you know, but no such thing as solid Christian is not personal. You share your faith. That scripture just rips that all to shreds. So, I'm going to share this story with you. Some of y'all may have heard it. <clears throat> Some of y'all may not, but it was on the news. It was on the internet. It was on Facebook. It's about this um, young man named uh, 
Luke Keller. At the age of 10, you know, he's, Luke Keller's about college, college age right now. At the age of 10, Luke, Luke's, let me tell you about Luke first. Luke had suicidal thoughts, depression, and suffered from separation anxiety disorder. All at a young age, okay? Luke's father left at 10. Luke's grandma, who he lived with, passed away of cancer. Luke's grandpa went to jail and uh, went to prison. What is his grandpa going to prison for? I don't know, but. <laughs> um, all this at a long age, young age for Luke, so he ended up living with his mom. Now, all this stuff going on in Luke's head, depression, suicidal thoughts, and, and separation, anxiety disorder, and everything. It's a lot for a young, anybody, not just a young man to handle. <clears throat> and um, he got home one day from school. And um, this, is, this is probably his middle age years right now. Yeah, junior, junior high. One day he got home from school. He had a list of chores to do his mom set out for him. And the stuff was just heavy on him. He said, you know what, I'm going to do these chores. I don't know. I guess that was going to make his mom happy, but even though what he was about to do or whatever. But he said, I'm going to do these, do these chores, and then I'm going to kill myself. So Luke decided to talk to the one person that he never talked to before. He talked to God. He said, God, if you are who they say you are, you better tell me something because I'm going to kill myself today. Cranked up the lawnmower. Luke started running the lawnmower. And he heard a voice. He said, follow me. That voice said, follow me. Luke was like, what? What is that? Say that again. And the voice said it again. Follow me. Luke could do nothing but get down on his knees and weep and say, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay? High school years. <clears throat> Luke was on a football team. He was a star running back. Luke dedicated playing football to God, his life to God, but he, he wanted to honor God on the football field in front of people. So what did Luke do? Luke do? Every touchdown he made, he took a knee and pointed to the sky. Every single touchdown he made, that's all he did. Well, Luke's football team <clears throat> made it to the playoffs and made it to the second round of the playoffs. He continued to do the same thing he was doing. But guess what? Somebody didn't like that. Woohoo! the enemy crept in. The enemy crept on in. And... Um, Official, an official on a football field saw what was going on, and he told him, if you do that one more time, your team will get penalized and you are ejected out of the game. Luke was thinking in his head, I'm playing to glorify God, and I wouldn't even be here if he hadn't saved me way back when. I don't, you know what, I'm going to do that anyway. <clears throat> told y'all sorry my throat so halftime came 
Luke's sister handed him a note saying, be patient, let God work, okay? Halftime is over. They play the football. The football game is playing again. Guess what? Luke scores a touchdown. And Luke, guess what Luke does? He said, you know what? I'm not going to do it. Because he, he's just reminded of that note his sister gave him. You know, be, let's, be patient, let God work. But when Luke was at the end zone, he turned around and looked in the stands and 7,000 people in attendance was on their knees, lifting their finger up, pointing to the sky. Okay? Why do I tell you the story? It's not over yet. It's not over yet. He went on to break his wrist. You can't play ball if you break your wrist. Okay? He went on to break his ankle. And the doctor accidentally performed on both ankles. And throughout that process, they got some blood work that said he had something in his blood. Okay? And he wouldn't be able to suit up and play ball ever again. But throughout that, through, as that story progressed in the college years, he was, the doctor called, ended up calling between, because they had to, ch they checked the blood once and they had to check it again for another one of his surgeries. And they realized that whatever he had in his blood, he does not have anymore. And he, he gave God, the doctor said, you better thank God. So um, Luke thanked God and he was able to suit up and play again just this month, October, October uh, from s some college. <clears throat> But why do, why, do I, why do I share that story? Because Luke displayed his faith. He let that light shine, that light shine. He didn't cover that light up, okay? He, he was bold about it. He wasn't scared about it. He didn't care what people said. He let Jesus shine, and he wanted the world to know. Now, those 7,000 people, if there was ungodly people in that audience, guess what they saw, that picture. The, the scripture that I read, the end result is what? Showing your light, what? So that they may glorify your Father in heaven. That's what was going on. How many people saw that? Think of the harvest of that. Think of the people who saw that on that field. Think of the people who saw this on the news. Think of people who read the article on, inter on the internet or on Facebook. Think of all the har that harvest, that story bringing. Think of all the young people or the adult people that, that had a suicidal thoughts and anxiety and all that going through the same things and everything. What if I try God? What will happen to me? Think of the harvest that brought in. But if he had been a secret service Christian, nothing. None of it. Count it all gone. Count it all gone. Over and over teaching, preaching, discipleship classes, Bible schools. I'm talking about the church in general, not, not foundation. Bible schools. We eat, we eat, and we feed, and we get fat. We got to make sure we dispense it. Where are we dispersing this at? Where are we going outside the walls to share our faith? If we don't do it, that's like spiritual constipation, you know? By the way, Pretlow spoke of increase. Did you know me and Crystal was thinking of next year some kind of um, youth theme, if you some youth, youth theme to flow with next year for the youth. And we came up with this a week before Pretlow came. Guess what that theme was? Increase. The same exact thing. Pretlow said increase is, is attached to, to 
to decision, okay? What's our decision? Open up our mouths. We got to make a decision to open up our mouths. That's one way. And we're nice, we're nice people here. We're not mean. We don't, you know, it's a nice group of people here. We don't have cliques or none of that. Nice group, nice attitudes here. Every, I mean, except for one person. Um, she ain't in here, so I'm going to talk to her. Aria, she got attitude every now and then. But, but other, than, other than that, everybody's nice in here. I don't see that as where we, we fall short on why aren't we growing? Why aren't we growing? Because pastor, pastor tells the staff anyway, everybody in this room, there, he says, everybody in here knows that this place is going to grow. Without a shadow of a doubt, this place will grow. I've seen it in a dream before. Brother Edwin has seen it in a dream before. So, so it's like, what's, what's the holdup? Um, Wednesday, I want to say. Earlier this week, I, I bumped into a girl uh, named Jessica, a lady named Jessica. And she looked familiar. I said, have you uh, been, been to that church, you know, Andy Market School? Uh, you know? Yeah, yeah, I've been there. Um, she, she, I said, yeah, you, you and there was this tall guy there. She said, yeah, she had this, this tall black husband and this is a uh, white lady. And she says, yeah, and we had a, we had a nice little conversation. Uh, by the way, it was a, I, I sense it was a God moment because that line where I was usually go like that. And for some odd reason, that guy was up there at the register taking a long time. So we got to communicate for a while. But, it, but, it, but it's nice. Not us. We're nice people. Her and her husband wants to make this church their church home. But the only thing that's stopping them is... Her husband uh, got out of the Marines and has a job with a satellite company installing satellites or whatever like that, whatever that is. And they work him like crazy and they work him on Sundays. That is the only reason why they're not here. I told her I'll pray on that. I mean, I just think it's weird that all the Christians and all the people who want to seek God always got to be working on Sundays and whatnot, you know. And then all the wicked people get off on Sundays. I don't know what's, I don't know what's up with that. But, um, but yeah, but we're nice people. So, so what's the holdup? All I know is I'm glad that failure is not an option. We get to retake this thing once again. Okay? It's my second portion. Acts. Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, verse 13. Acts chapter 4, verse 13. Now, when they saw the boldness in Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. When you do open up your mouth and share the gospel, you don't got to use your super education, real big words, or nothing like that. If you have six, if you're ministering to six people and you use your education or very skilled, high-class high, high class words or whatever, you know, all of that, and you got six people and three of them are uned, uneducated and don't know or have a big vocabulary and three of them do have a big vocabulary, half your audience is going to get the message. When you communicate and share your faith, share with them like this, not like this, okay? <clears throat> 14, verse 14, or no, let me finish it off. And they realized that they had been been with Jesus and seeing the man who had been healed standing with them they could say nothing 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 against it 
men saw a miracle, and these men that was against uh, Peter and John, they couldn't say nothing against this miracle. Nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. But they had commanded them to go aside out of the council. They conferred amongst themselves, saying, what shall we do with these men? For indeed, that a notable, notable miracle has been done through them and is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. That's crazy. But so, so, but so it spread, but so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them that from now on they, now on they speak to no man of this name. Does that sound familiar? That sounds like the story we just, you know, we just are told. Same thing, repeat, double up to the same tricks. Satan is up to the same tricks. <clears throat> so they called them and commanded them to, to speak, to speak not, or not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God, you judge. For we cannot speak the things which we have seen and heard. So they had no further threatened them. Then they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because the, the people, because, because of the people, since they all, look, here it goes again, because they all glorify God for what had been done. There it is again. Glorify God. All our ministry was pointing to glorify God and what dared again, Satan trying to silence their mouths again. For this man was 40 years old, 40 years old on whom the miracle healing was performed. Wow. Very similar story happened. So um, this is my second, second portion of it. The first portion is like open up your mouth, okay? Now, in this verse... In this verse, there was some supernatural healing. I think we need to walk in the supernatural. We, need, we serve a supernatural God, and the Christians need to walk in the supernatural. We need to flow in that. We need to pray for that. We need to bring that on. I was praying last Wednesday, and um, let me say this first. Pastor said those who are members of this church been here for a while, they should know the spirit of this house, Okay. Last, last, Wednesday, last Wednesday, I saw myself standing there, and there was a boa constrictor wrapped itself around me and put the squeeze on me, wrapped all the way up to my neck and put the squeeze on me, okay? And I will tell you the interpretation because without the interpretation, we cannot apply the application and cannot receive the manifestation, and it is this. This is what I perceive, that there was a constricting spirit on me that I need, needed to pray off, okay? Or it was this, two things, or something I did to constrict the flow of the supernatural. I was praying for the supernatural. I'm not talking about stopping the harvest. This harvest is going to come. We're going to retake this test until we pass it. Failure is not an option. But I'm talking about the supernatural. First lady said it good when she came in here and talked about 
somebody need to call somebody. I need to call somebody. And, and, and uh, if she said family member. I need to call a family member. Something years, years ago, ago that happened, I got the wrong attitude. You know, we talk, we laugh amongst each other and all of that, but I still never, never, hey, close that door on that whole situation. So, so I say people need to know the spirit of the house. I don't think that was just me no longer. I think that could be even foundation with itself. Listen to what First Lady said a few nights ago. You know, whatever it is, close that door. Do that process. I'm not talking about the stop of the flow of harvest, but I'm talking about the stop of the supernatural. The harvest is coming, you know. Supernatural just makes it a lot easier. That's all. It's crazy that, you know, Pastor B, you know, you know, you know, praying hard, squeezing his eyes hard, get something from God, and First Lady walks on up in here from Children's Church and just, boom, speak that. Wow, First Lady is awesome, y'all. <laughs> she rocked it. But, but, but to whom much is given, much is required. We, gotta, we should do these things, close these doors, because it's good stewardship, stewardship of the supernatural to flow through us. We could display this good, uh, good stewardship. And I'm done. I'm closing. I'm really closing because I don't have that pastoral anointing where you have a long closing or nothing. But but I heard this quite a bit, quite a bit um, through the prayer nights. And I'm going to close like this. Uh, if if anybody don't know, God loves you. God loves you. You cannot win or earn his love because he always loves you. And since you cannot win or earn his love, you cannot lose his love. You can be out of his will, but not out of his love. Thank you all. Amen. Good word. I thought they said 10 minutes. Hallelujah. He's growing.